0: Filibuster receives sponsorship from the Ehrlich Law Office, discrimination, wage, and litigation solutions serving Northern Virginia and the District of Columbia. If you need legal representation on employment issues, including wage and hour disputes, discrimination and harassment claims, wrongful termination, you need help with a severance package or non-compete clauses, or you just need equal employment opportunity and civil rights representation, general civil litigation, or even defamation, the Ehrlich Law Office has you covered if you are in Northern Virginia or the District of Columbia. For a free consultation, head over to EhrlichLawOffice.com slash filibuster.
1: So, at the game, it was one of the weirdest things I've ever, like, witnessed in live in person, the, at halftime, the announcer gets on the uh, on the PA, and he goes, if there are any more racist chants, we will suspend the, the match. And he kept repeating that. He's like, please stop doing the racist chants. And so our section, the five of us, are turning around and looking at the Jamaicans like, what did you say? What did you do? <laughs> what are you chanting? And everybody's like, oh, pfft claw. I don't know, man. I have no idea what was going on and no there was no racist chance going on and I have no idea what prompted it. But it was one of those surreal moments where we're like, what is he like saying this to in, to insinuate that we should be doing racist chance or is this some CONCACAF calf thing?
0: My vote is on CONCACAF. I mean at oh, that God. point they could have suspended the match, it wouldn't have been wouldn't have been a total loss. Right. But you know,
1: we're sitting there just trying to get some beers and and <laughs> blowing our Jamaican horns, and they're talking about racist chants that didn't exist because there was about several dozen people in the stands. <laughs>
0: if there was one, you would have heard it.
1: Yeah, it would it would have been started by somebody.
0: <laughs> somebody
1: it that was, we saw.
2: <laughs> it was funny watching the pregame show on on Fox because it was like the camera panned the crowd and there were just like four or five Jamaicans looking kind of bored. And then they found you five people and were like, all right, let's just show these guys. They look like are having more fun. Like the Jamaicans in the stand were just like hand, like resting their chin in their hands, staring off into
1: space. So like, oh, what am I even doing here? And um, the camera,
0: as it always does, finds Donald
1: in the stands. Yeah. Well, to be fair, if they showed the DC United section, they had a, I had a one in five chance. Yes. <laughs> they, they Also, <laughs> they managed to show all five every single time.
2: <laughs> yeah, we we're, we're all sitting
1: together, It's not like we like yo man, you you got you got seat, you got roasts, you got row A, I got row C. So you have to go B have, by yourself in the opposite
0: stand. your section, your section <laughs> C. We have to look like we take up more of the section you guys. We have to spread out.
1: Yeah, exactly. Our ba- our banner actually took up more space than we did.
0: Excellent. <laughs> uh yeah. I don't know if you guys if anybody tuned in for the Periscope pre mat or pre-match show on uh on DC Knights Twitter. It was it was something else. Lindsay was Lindsay Simpson, the team's uh, digital media director, uh, was, was stuck in one small section of the stands, off in a corner, because that was the only place she could get Wi Fi. Oh yeah, there <laughs> was, she was there about was a million miles because there's a, a big track that goes around the field. She was about a million miles from the field, it looked like, because iPhones don't zoom so well, and so it was just a a wide angle shot of the field. You you could kind of see some players kicking what looked like a ball in the distance, but there was no guarantee she was in Jamaica, let alone the stadium.
2: Uh, I got the sense that 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 Periscope cut out specifically because she started she had to walk and go do other stuff and she walked out of the corner too far and it because it just abruptly ended there was no like okay well you know enjoy the game anything like that it just was like uh, uh, and it's over, <laughs> um so I think she just had to go do the rest of her job and walk too far away from the internet and was just disconnected and that was that. The internet international international soccer, Conquer camp.
0: Well, what happened is somebody on Periscope was making racist chants, and she had to suspend the Periscope. That's probably what happened. That I, I, I mean, that does sound that, that does sound like the internet, though. <laughs> it does. If anything sounds <laughs> like the internet, it's that. Hey, hey, welcome in. This is Filibuster. I'm Adam Taylor, joined as always from by Ben Bromley and Jason Anderson, and tonight Donald Wine II is here as well. We are all four of us from BlackAndRedUnited.com, where you can find us writing about DC United. U.S. national teams, MLS in general, soccer in general, whatever you want to find. Well, we won't have whatever you want to find, but if it's in those categories, we might have it. Uh, we've got a good show for you tonight. We are going to talk more about D.C. United's 3-3 draw down in Jamaica with Antigua Bay United. We're going to talk about the 2 nothing loss up in Montreal, and we're going to preview this Friday, not Saturday, mind you, Friday night's game against... NYC LOL WTF BBQFC at RFK Stadium. Before we do anything, though, Donald, you're the guest tonight. What are you drinking?
1: So, uh, there was, despite the call on social media for us to do shots, uh, I, I am not Which feeling. Which you
0: and I successfully fought off. Yeah, I'm not feeling too well tonight. I do. Uh, <laughs> I did. I, I, for me. <laughs> we did. As far as we're concerned, we as far as we're concerned, I'm, it not, I'm not taking a shot
1: tonight. Uh so what I have is from actually from the uh tailgate leftover from the tailgate for the US Peru match, it's Oscar Blues IPA. Um I'm just trying it for the first time and it's actually pretty good. Um, so bravo, Oscar Blues, you've done it again, and
0: this is gonna be something that's probably gonna be added to my arsenal. Excellent. Jason, what are you drinking tonight?
2: Well, since Ben and I were in favor of shots, and I want to go on the record, I was only in favor of shots because Adam said he didn't want to do them. <laughs> um, and it was just too, It mattered too much to him to say no. He was very enthusiastic. If he had just been like, no, it's not, I would not have gotten involved. But once it became an enthusiastic no, I had
0: to do something. See, this um, works because now you do a shot and I don't. That's, that's I don't know if I ever want to. Do. I, don't, I don't have anything to do after this. <laughs> uh, so,
1: this shot works- has. Some of us have responsibility after this. Yeah, I don't know what you
2: guys you guys screwed up. I guess. Um, <laughs> so this comes with a, sh- a short story. Uh, I don't have. Don't any, they all? Don't, that's true. Uh, I don't have a proper bad times. Uh, things have gone wrong. Drink. Uh, I don't have anything really like cheap or bad. Uh, to use in this scenario, that the that I don't have anything to match the gold standard of Smirnoff that, that Ben has established. Um, so what I did is I found an old bottle of uh, pocket whiskey that I took to a baseball game like three years ago. Um, now, at that baseball game, I drank it all. This was a bottle of Canadian Club whiskey that I bought at a liquor store in Baltimore to put in my pocket, sneak in and drink, because I don't actually care for baseball. I do like to drink, though. Um, so... <laughs> I had the empty bottle still in my pocket for whatever reason. I didn't throw it away like I should have. Um, And a friend, old friend from college, I ran into her in a line for food, and she came over to visit, and she brought us more booze, but they were in these inconvenient, like, aluminum miniature Coke bottles. Um, They're, like, the size of, I I don't know, they're, like, four inches tall, and they're little tiny Coke bottles, but they're made of aluminum. They're very inconvenient. I couldn't really figure out what to do with it, so I poured what she gave me, whatever it was, whatever whiskey it was, into this bottle of Canadian Club, which has been sitting by my booze for like three years. I've used it to cook occasionally, but it's never, you don't really use a ton of whiskey to cook. So I'm using the last of that to pour a shot. Um, so, uh,
0: to be clear, shot. this hasn't just been in your pocket for the last three years. No, <laughs> it's no, no. It hasn't been no, no. like a talisman for you.
2: No, it's just been sitting there taking up space for three years next to the bitters. And you um, have no idea what it is. It is whiskey, um, and I'm gonna gather. I'm gonna guess that at least ten percent of it is Canadian club whiskey, but I do not <laughs> know what the rest is. It could be multiple whiskeys. Um, I don't really know. I have no idea. So it's like We're, a blend. Um, yeah, we'll call it the yeah, Anderson blend. It, it, uh, the the getting drunk and meeting someone who also got drunk and made a mistake and gave you their whiskey for some reason blend. Um, okay. So I guess. Do you want me to talk about the other one and then do the shot or do the shot and talk about what I'm
0: actually drinking? What, whatever you want to do, man. All right. I gave you guys a chance. Don't get upset. <laughs> there he goes.
2: Um, so the actual drink I'm drinking, is isn't very good, by the way, whatever that was in there.
0: <laughs> Don't um, get the Anderson blend. It's, it's, the blend has gone bad. The Anderson blend is not actually endorsed by Anderson.
2: Uh so I got a bottle of Rogue's um Morimoto Black Obi Soba Ale. Um Rogue makes a beer for Morimoto the guy that was on Iron Chef. They make a beer for his restaurant and they start putting it out in bottles and it's a beer made with um soba instead of uh actually in conjunction with everything else that would normally go into a beer. Um this is a special version of that where they roasted the soba so it's black um and then they went through and made the beer. So it's more of a multi flavor than a normal beer. Multi, um, I guess multi is the wrong word since it's not of malt, it's of soba um, that gives it the color. But uh, I'm pleasantly surprised. It's it's uh it's I um, can't really put my finger on it actually. It's kind of an interesting flavor because it's not really a fall beer, uh, but it has similar properties to a fall beer. Interesting.
0: Uh, rather than taking a shot tonight, I made a Manhattan which, if I'd actually thought about it, wouldn't have, I wouldn't have done because we're playing a team from across the river from Manhattan this weekend. But I did make it with a 100-proof uh, Knob Creek rock, so that's my, my nod at, at taking a shot. Ben, what are you drinking tonight?
3: My shot uh, has a shorter story than Jason's shot. <laughs> what a surprise. I'm drinking it out of a William & Mary shot glass. And the story behind that is the club that gave out these shot glasses at their uh, for, at the formal that I attended. They had to, for I guess legal reasons or semi legal reasons, they had to tech, they had to call these uh, candle holders because they were also <laughs> giving them away to people who were under the age of twenty one, so they couldn't call them shot glasses. And in, and inside of it, I have Fireball because my life is sad and depressing. <laughs>
0: Uh, if, if you were going to do something Ow. other than Smirnoff, that is... Wait, wait, wait. They they call
1: them candle holders? Yep. And they didn't, get, they didn't give you a candle with it? Like, nope. that's how you manage that. No, no, no. But, no. It's a candle holder. It's right. not a candle. Yes. And so you put a candle in and you say, see, it holds this candle, which is also for you. And then the parents go, oh, yeah, that's so nice of them. And then you take the candle out and use it as actual shot glass.
0: Yeah, no. They just. Are they, you picturing like a nice candle or like one of those tiny th- sticks? There were not no, there were no parents I'm picturing
1: like a candles. Dollar Tree, eighty seven candles for a dollar type candle.
0: Okay, yeah.
3: No, this was this was the formal. It was in like April. There were no parents left. They just had to to not get in trouble with the management. They like, they, oh, you're giving away candle holders. Fine, we sign off on that.
0: Never mind that they look in double as shot glasses.
3: Yeah. And then my, my regular drink is apple cider and bourbon. All right. Because
2: it's, uh,
0: it's fall. It is, well, in fact, before fall. Before
2: we go on, I, I was going uh, to say something about the Fireball and how it was going to burn away Ben's sadness, but then I realized that when Adam oh. said Knob Creek, that's why that was in my head. Um, the, uh, I used to go to bars and buy or insist that people join me in buying shots of Knob Creek uh, and if you do Knob knob Creek as a shot, uh, it burns a lot. Uh, and so I would just get people and force them to join me in doing this. Don't do not do this, by the way. It's a terrible plan. It's a waste of, <laughs> of bourbon. Um, but it burns away the weakness inside of you, and that's what I would tell people. I would tell them it was going to make them stronger. Um, and it this worked because the people that would associate with me were this, the kind of people that would buy that line of reasoning and, and say, yes, I will join you in this incredibly stupid thing you're about to do.
0: <laughs> That's it. It's over. <laughs> and with that, we turn to soccer. <laughs> A, Speaking of incredibly stupid things we're doing? Yes. Yeah, spe- yeah, thank you for <laughs> stepping on the segue <laughs> in true Adam Taylor fashion. A small band of DC United reserves traveled to Jamaica with five very hardy fans. Uh, last week for DC United's final CONCACAF champs group stage game, Probably went down 3 to nothing to a not-so-great Mobe United side. The goals from Jairo Arietta, Kofi Opari, and Michael Farfan clawed back the draw. Donald, you were there. What was the, the view in the sparsely populated stands? So we remember people
1: were talking about um, how the stadium may not be fit for this game happening, and they were talking about either kicking Mobe out of the Champions League as a very drastic resort, or in the interim, moving it to uh, the office in Kingston or to another stadium somewhere on the island. So they ended up having the game at their uh, complex, the uh, mobe Catherine Hall Sports Complex. And when I walked into the stadium, um, we soon figured out why this was an issue. There is no Jumbotron. There are no... Uh, there's no uh, uh, scoreboard, so we had to keep track on our iPhones uh the time. And uh, the other side, you saw the one side where the people were actually sitting. No one was sitting on the other side, and we're like, well, why, there's, why is there nobody on the other side of the stadium? It's because the other side of the stadium exists in name only. It looks like it's still being built. Um, it's... Uh, There may have been, they said a thousand people were there. I doubt there were that many people in the stands. Um, We were sitting in the biggest part, the the most populated part of the stands, and there was maybe 20 people, um, 15 of which were smoking weed, um, and none of them were the five DC United fans. So that should tell you what kind of crowd we had here. But um, the view, we were actually in the front row, um, as you probably saw from the, uh, online broadcasting. Well,
0: actually you probably didn't because it you was probably on didn't Fox Soccer it was on
1: Plus. Fox Soccer The yes. Ocho. Um, which nobody has. But uh yeah, so we were right up front, but as as you alluded to earlier, there was a track um, and then there was about maybe I'd say twenty yards between the track and the actual field. Um, and the team was sitting on the far side uh next to the barely still being constructed stands. So, uh, it was hard to see from that angle because everything was so far away. Um, when the goal happened, the first one, it was off of a uh, a quick uh, free kick. And the people in the stands didn't know what was happening. They thought it was a foul. They thought the uh, ref was calling back uh, and calling a foul on Mobe for um, taking the, the kick too early and not following instructions, which has happened before. Um, but when... Uh, the guys started celebrating the corner, they, they quickly realized, oh, we actually scored a goal. And I believe it was their first ever goal in um, in the CONCACA champs. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, well, they, they scored two more, so it was their first three ever. Um, so they were feeling pretty fine uh, at halftime. At halftime, our our uh, team was never down on themselves. Um, you could tell that Chad Ashton was, was pretty pissed off, but uh, other than that, I, I feel like the team really, like, were looking at, they were coming into the st- coming off the field, they came off the field towards us, and they were coming off the field with that, hey, we still got this type of mentality, which is good. You want to see that. Um, the atmosphere in the stands, other than the fact that, you know, uh, Bob Marley's finest was everywhere, um, was pretty cool. Uh, we had a great time. We, you know, they had these uh, horns that they were – uh, selling for like two dollars, and so I was uh, using that in in place of a drum. You might have heard it, uh, the DC United, the Von, you know, doing those sort of things instead of a drum. I was blasting it out on the uh, act on the horn. Um, and so after the third goal in the uh, in the early in the second half, that's when people started to be like, okay. What's really going on here because we we didn't see that fight that we thought we were seeing from them coming back out of the locker room and uh uh but they slowly but surely started to creep back uh the first couple goals were just kind of joking around with the fans like, hey, you know, we'll make it three two As like you know like, yeah, if you guys want to win, that's cool, but give us give us two give us give us some hope to take home from us mm-hmm. from the island uh but when the far fan goal went in, we kind of sat there in, in stunned disbelief, like wait, we really just." Tied this game, and we actually had a chance to win it uh, towards the end as well. Um, and so the the fans were, were cool the whole time, but when that third goal went in, it was more like a glazed overlook, as like as if to say, "Oh, we've seen this before," um, because it seems like in in big games for uh, Mobile United over the years, whether it be um, in the uh, in the Jamaican Premier League or in the Caribbean tournaments that get you into Conca Champs, they have choked uh, in the last couple of years in a couple of big games. So uh, you, you kind of saw this, oh, no, not again type uh, of, uh, of look on their faces. But all in all, it was a good trip. Um, the You were talking about the Wi-Fi earlier. The best Wi-Fi in the entire world um, was in our Airbnb apartment in Mo Bay. I, I don't know how. Um, but we were. Uh, one of our friends had to work, and he had to download a, a 30 gig um a, a file and did it in about 18 hours. Um, which should not happen on any
0: um <laughs> any Wi-Fi.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he left it up. Actually, it was it was quicker than that because he left it up overnight, and in the morning he was like, "Yep, it's all there." Um, so wow. yeah, it was pretty. What kind
3: of file would he have to Thirty gigs. What? What? It was 30 gigs, don't, man? Don't ask Don't ask
1: questions. Don't ask questions. You know, questions. Yeah, it's, it's all G14 classified. That you know, I shouldn't be talking about it right now. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was a lot of fun. Like you know, the five we apologize just, to anyone listening who the CIA. It don't 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 arrest compromises. Me, um, but uh, yeah, it was a good trip. The uh, Mo Bay is a really fun town. Um, you know, we got to relax. We. Uh, chilled out in a couple beaches. Our our Airbnb overlooked one of the best beaches in Jamaica, um, and all the people were real cool and and were very quick to offer services of all kinds. Um, you can take that however you want because that's exactly <laughs> what it was. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, and and I recommend next time we play uh, in Mo Bay, everybody should go. Oh, and we were on the team flight back. So that was pretty nice. cool. Nice. Yeah. I mean, Not there's a, only a ton, ton only of flights, flights between Bay. Yeah, there's okay. only three flights yeah. off the island. This one was the nonstop to BWI. So, uh, yeah, so we were on the, on the plane with the team. Did you sit with there Chad? You go. Did I sit with who? Chad. Chad was sitting behind me. Um, I was sitting with, with uh, our, our, our our friend Howdy, um, and uh, basically the team. A lot of the players were in the back, but a lot of the coaches were up towards the front.
0: So, uh, But Chad was asleep the whole flight. He was tired, so they basically <laughs> turned playing into a team bus. If you Pretty remember much. high school sports, players in the back, coaches in the front. Pretty much, yeah.
1: It was, yeah. it was, it was not many other people. Like the uh, uh, the other people on the flight were just like clearly going from like a honeymoon or from like a family vacation, and they're like, "Oh, do you guys play?" We're like, "Yeah, it's complicated." We, but we got a <laughs> four-hour flight, so let's talk about it.
0: I. <laughs> uh, it wasn't a full roster that made this trip. Ben Olsen only sent... I, I don't want to say brought because Ben Olsen didn't make the trip. Uh, three subs, including the keeper sub, down to Jamaica. Only two of them were used. Uh, Colin Martin and Perry Kitchen both came in off the bench. Uh, ben, was that the right call to send such a limited roster down to Jamaica?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's worked in the past for Olsen. Uh, they've sent... Uh, short rosters to Kaka Champs games in the past, and they got a point. That, that's basically what they needed. I mean, obviously it would have been great if they had won for seeding purposes, but they didn't really need to win. Um, and, yeah, it was it was a fine decision. It, uh, it kept people rested for the game on the weekend, which, I mean, I guess maybe Not that,
0: that, that it mattered.
3: Not that it mattered, yeah. Maybe they should have been playing to keep their... Fitness up or sharpness up or something,
0: but no, I no, think it, I think cutting the travel was probably the right call. Oh yeah, it was, that. but
3: yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, for all the other problems uh, with United right now, they have handled Conca champs perfectly the past two years, so there's no reason to stray from what's doing. You're right.
1: Also, I, I want to I should note that uh, I, d- I don't know if if you guys were able to view a a stream of any kind, but uh, Travis Wara for a minute was warming up to come into the game, not at Keeper. He was not yeah. wearing Keeper shorts. That's right.
2: <laughs> Definitely had field player shorts and uh, was warming up for real. It wasn't the, like, when you watch a player warming up, you can tell when they really are about to go in. It's when they, they're they not jogging or sort of watching the game while their legs are moving. They're actually really trying to go really quick to get their body prepared. He was doing that. It was a legitimate warm-up.
0: Yeah, it was legit. It By looked himself. pretty close.
2: That d- was. D- 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 d-
0: it was, that was before trainer. Farfan got his the, the equalizer, right? Right.
3: That that might have him not playing might be the worst thing that's happened to DC United this week.
0: <laughs> and it's been not a great week, so that's saying that something, Ben. Uh, he would have
3: been so energetic. He would have been like a happy puppy just running
0: around out there. It's it's true. I kind of wish Chad Ashton would have put him in even after that. Just yes. put him in at striker and let him run around. Yes. And, there would have, have been like, away. there would be like, he would have scored the game winner. Oh my <laughs> God. It would be <laughs> legendary. But
2: even, but even the thing is, even if he, even if only he did a step on the field in a field player jersey, which I assume they had made for him, um, there would have been like 100 people showing up at the equipment sale in December trying to get, <laughs> more, get all of that thing. And by 100, uh, I of course mean like four because that was the grand audience of the, the grand total audience of that game that would have been aware of what was
1: happening um but those four people no, i would have just grabbed it i would have been like yo t yeah, yeah actually yeah you guys it would have made a, it to the equipment sale it would have come home with me or at least that one that of us would have fought over it
2: or or he might have been like guys this is clearly the only chance that i'm ever going to get to play as a field player in a real game i'm, so keeping, I'm this. keeping this one for <laughs> me um that's what i would have done but i mean i i'm you know i'm an only child i keep stuff i
0: am selfish <laughs> Jason, you, you did get your way, not from the start, but Colin Martin came on at halftime of this one. Um what did you make of his performance and, and the way that Chad Ashton used him? Uh I guess
2: I'll I'll take the last part first. Um he was out on the wing, which isn't really uh where he should play. Um we've been establishing our opinion on that since uh Colin Martin signed with the team. He's he's a central player. Um, rather than a wide player. Uh, he's not an outside in wide midfielder like Nick and He's just a guy that needs to be in the middle. Um he wasn't, so that's not really ideal. And I don't I, I hate to say it, but I don't think he played very well. His um it was his pass back that became the penalty kick. Um not that the penalty kick deserved to be called. Um Jared Jeffrey didn't really make any contact. It was sort of a strange moment, but in CONCACAF these things happen. Um it really wasn't a good night for any anyone that likes the player kids hashtag. Uh, watching this game, really, it wasn't a good night for that movement altogether because the kids were out there and the kids were struggling, um, which is a shame. Uh, and I and I don't want to come down too harshly on Martin because the fact is that this is kind of a lost season for him due to injuries. He had mononucleosis at one point. Um, he just hasn't been able to be on the field. And when, I mean, when he was sick, he can't even be training. He can't go Mm -hmm. in the locker room and hang out because then you've got an outbreak. Um, so it's a really tough season. It's a tough moment for him to come into a game that's already two nothing. But at the same time, it's something he definitely would have to clean up. Um, making the bad position, the lack of playing time, those don't change the fact that you can't put a defender who's already under pressure and then give them the ball. You can't really make that pass. Um, but uh, mostly, I would rather just have seen him in the middle, um, and I think that actually had a um, an impact that kind of hit us in the future against. And I've done it again on accident. The Montreal Impact. Um, <laughs> I did this last week where I said Impact while not meaning to say the name twice, and I did it again anyway. Um, where United. Finish your drink,
0: th- Jason. Just finish your drink.
2: All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> let me finish my thought, and then I'll I'll do that. Um, United could have used Michael Farfan for much more of that game than they actually used him for, and Colin Martin starting against uh, Montego Bay would have allowed that to happen. Um, On the other side, it is nice not to have lost, and I will say I don't think um, United ties the game without Farfan being in the game. But, you know, long-term, I would have taken losing in Montego Bay and then not losing at Montreal if, if that was... Obviously, we're speaking pretty hypothetically here, but... If that was what was on offer, I would absolutely have
0: taken that, and that would have meant more Farfan, which we'll get into later.
2: And now I'll finish my drink.
0: All right, while Jason does that, we'll take a quick break. Stick around. This is Filibuster, the Black and Red United podcast. Hey, Ben, you know how you're always going on and on about legal advice on this show? Well, yeah. And you never, ever use the term correctly?
3: Well, of course not. I try not to use the term correctly.
0: Right. Our new sponsors, the Ehrlich Law Office, they do use the term correctly all the time. In fact, that is what they do.
3: Oh, so if if I actually wanted legal advice, I should probably go to them?
0: Yeah, exactly. If you're in Northern Virginia or the District of Columbia, they handle employment issues, general civil litigation, defamation, lots of stuff. Uh, They have you covered. Jason, I'm sorry, they do not have you covered, because you are in Maryland, where they are not operating just yet.
2: Uh, Fine.
0: So... Ehrlich Law Office, it's, a, it's really good people. Uh, Josh is their, their main proprietor, Josh Ehrlich. Uh, he's a law school friend of mine. His, one of their, their attorneys, Ben, uh, a lot of our listeners know him from games and, and other places. So guys, for free consultation, go to erlicklawofficecom slash filibuster. We'll walk back to filibuster. The United Podcast, we are now going to talk about something a little bit more sad. Uh, it does involve international travel, just like the CONCACAF Champions League, but uh, this time for MLS play in almost, not quite, but almost full strength, DC United side, went up to Quebec, and just like in Jamaica, promptly fell behind, 2 nothing, thanks to two goals from Didier Drogba, and then that was pretty much the end of the soccer for the entire game. There wasn't really much else other than some flying elbows and kicks to ankles. Almost all of it between Drogba and Steve Birnbaum, so figure. Um, I just I don't even know what to say about this one. The first one is nominated for Goal of the Week, the first goal that Drogba had. It was a free kick that Bill Hamid could do nothing about. It was a fluky handball against Taylor Kemp. Um, the second goal was... Horrible. It was awful. There's there's no sugarcoating it. Marcus Halstead was under some pressure, and rather than picking his head up at all, to pick out one of two guys standing 20 yards away, or within 20 yards, who were wide open with no defenders around them, he just kicks the ball back towards his own goal uh, with his head down, managed to put it on the path of Didier Drogba, who runs at Bill Hamid's goal. Steve Birnbaum intercedes, and... Drogba pulled some kind of Jedi mind trick and made Birnbaum fall down over himself almost. And then all that was left was actually putting the goal on the board because um, Drogba doesn't miss from from that close. Ben, what is wrong with Halstie and and Birnbaum? Halsty more importantly, I think, at this point because he was supposed to be at least as good as Kitchen is right now at a similar position, or at least as good as Arno is next to Kitchen. And since he's come back from injury, he just hasn't been.
3: No, he hasn't been, and I he's shown some promise in his passing ability. It, he's had some nice uh, short passing, keeping the ball moving, but his defensive ability is not, and tackling is not at the Perry Kitchen or Dave Yarno level. Um, and that may just be a difference between the Swedish League and MLS, whereas MLS is a lot more physical. But you'd think someone with Champions League experience could get up to that level. And maybe it's also because he's missed most of the season and hasn't gotten the time to integrate in. But I mean, he started in the in basically this entire winless stretch, except for one game, I believe. So, at that point, if you're Champions League quality, you should probably be able to adapt by then. So, I don't I don't know if it's... He doesn't have the right partner. He uh, just needs more time to adapt. He's not... I don't want to say he's not good enough for MLS, or he's not right for MLS, but given the international signings that DC United has had in the past, that's... Always got to be on the back of your mind, so it's it's a conundrum.
0: I mentioned it earlier. Drogba and Bomb had a battle going through this whole game, where they were literally physically attacking each other for at, at different points. Um, Berbatov picked up the first yellow in in this one, uh, kicking Drogba's ankle, and Drogba received a ball. It was. For MLS play, kind of a soft yellow, which is not to say it shouldn't have been a yellow. It's just not usually given an MLS. Drogba milked it for all it was worth. Uh, you would have thought that an elephant stepped on his ankle uh, the way he reacted. Later in the game, Birnbaum got a, Drogba, or got a yellow pulled on Drogba when Drogba's elbow went into Birnbaum's chest. Steve went down holding his... Um, and stayed down probably longer than he normally would have. Made sure that Drogba got the yellow, and Drogba knew exactly what he was doing, even if uh, Jayar Marufo, the referee, didn't. Uh, and then Drogba tried to draw another yellow arm bomb later. It was it was interesting to see. Um, Donald, what did you make of, of that battle in particular? And obviously Drogba won the battle. He scored two goals, uh, one in the run of play. But but after those goals, the two of them kind of trying to get into each other's heads. Yeah, and and...
1: I wasn't able to watch some of the game later. Um, I was at a wedding and pretty much looked down at my phone as the first goal went off or the notification went off. Turned to my friend and said, hey, Didier scored. And then I looked down and the second one was there and I was like, again. Um, but, like, he's he's – first of all, he's just a beast. Like, he probably got pushed out of the EPL a little too early. And, and that's hard to say because he's, like, what, thirty six. Um, but the dude's an animal, and you could tell he's on another level from everyone else on the field when he plays, uh, and he's done that so far in the last you know five, six games uh, that he's been with Montreal. But that battle, he just kinda like, uh, it just kind of like... It seemed like Drogba was the veteran, and he was just kind of establishing his veteran presence, and it seemed like he had been playing in MLS for years. Um, I, I feel like that... Uh, that preparation that he had uh, by playing in the EPL for so long means he was able to adapt very quickly. And and I'm not quite sure what to do about that except to kind of sit there and and kind of look and go, well, that's Jogba, and that's why we didn't want to play him, um, and that's probably why nobody wants to play them in the playoffs. But uh, I think as far as Halsey's concerned, I think we have to look at the silver lining that pass that he made to Drogba was probably the best pass that we've had all year. <laughs> it was a no-look, pitch-perfect pass to Drogba, and it's not his fault that that Drogba's on the wrong team. If Drogba was on our team, we'd be talking about how world-class that pass was.
0: I, I would contend that it is – well, I guess it's not his fault Drogba didn't sign for us. Right. <laughs> I don't think it's anybody's <laughs> fault, but, you know – I, 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 Actually, I think we can blame Adrian Fenty for that. I'm going to blame... Uh, 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 what's his name? Williams. I blame Williams. <laughs> Williams
1: that's, hard. that's the reason why we don't have drugs. Jason.
3: Mark on. Jason, blame this Markine. is...
0: <laughs> no Vince Gray blamers. Nobody wants to blame Vince Gray. Yeah,
1: that's okay. my dude. What up, Vince?
0: Uh... <laughs> Long time listener of the show, former mayor Vincent <laughs> Gray. Uh,
2: sends us most sure of our six last games now.
0: Oddly enough.
3: <laughs> I mean, he knows we have a lot of lawyers on the show, so he's soliciting for help.
0: Too soon. <laughs> None of us are criminal lawyers, dude. I'll learn. <laughs> <laughs> Donald's the hustler of the group here. Jason, that's six games now with one point in league play. Tonka champs has been better. Um, when it comes to MLS, um, this team is not quite a mathematical luck to make the playoffs, but but they're pretty close. If they they lose one of their three remaining games to NYCFC and NYC goes on a goes on a run, there's every possibility that that DC United actually could miss the playoffs, but. They're, they're pretty likely to, to make the playoffs. Can this team be saved in time to actually do something in the playoffs, or are we just backing our way into a parking spot where we, we don't have to move be like the congressman in Season 1 of House of Cards and and slowly drift to sleep, inhaling our own exhaust until we die? I mean... The it's team not, took a picture with Kevin Spacey. I had to make yes. a House of Cards reference. <laughs> you went for Spoiler a long alert. alert. You, to do the, you
1: have to do the double tap, though, when you do that.
0: <laughs> I don't. I, I guess I have my ring, but yeah. There it is. Jason. Uh,
2: I mean, can you save a team? Yeah, you can always turn a team. Any, any team around that has decent talent it, where it's not like, well, the team is bad because everyone on the team is bad. Um, it's not Chicago. Right. It's not like there's a lack of talent. This team has 44 points for or 45 points for a reason. Um, but there's a lot of work to be done. Um, they've got to figure out how to play without Davy Arnaud, uh, who, like it or not, and I know a lot of people would rather not see a team that involves him as a starter uh, without there being a number 10 somewhere in front of him. Um, the fact is that since his concussion is th- this – Coincides almost perfectly with this losing streak, um, so that's a huge problem. Um, the team is, is having trouble staying organized. They're having trouble staying focused, and that was a problem that really extends all the way back to June, um, which Dave Yarno was present for those games. So it's not it's not it doesn't all come down to one thing or another. Um, I was actually asked during the game by someone we've had on the show, uh, Sean Spence what was going on, and I was like, I honestly, like, during this game, I can't get into it. I don't have anywhere near enough time. Twitter really isn't a good medium um, for the number of things that are going wrong. Um, It's a ton of different problems to fix or adjustments to make. Um, They can do it. They are capable of doing it. Um, A lot of what United is doing wrong lately has been individual mistakes uh, during the game and then an, an inability to overcome them as a team. Um, you know, against Montreal, for example, the the first goal is bad luck. I mean, Drogba hits a great free kick and the foul comes on. A a ball that Taylor Kemp has read takes a strange bounce and hits his arm, which is not out and horizontal, but, like, back behind him. It manages to get in there and and hit his arm somehow. Um, there's not much you can do about that, but the team's inability to bounce back from that, really, um and get anything else going on is a concern. Um, I think the biggest thing that United need to do is just restore some confidence um, because I, I'm getting the sense a lot of times watching them that they're sort of, they're fi- they're finally falling prey to the, well, here we go again mindset, um, that they resisted for a while uh, because they, I mean, it's not like the, falling down to nothing is just what this team has been doing for the past three months, including in both games that we're going to talk about tonight. Um the difference I mean they came back against Montego Bay, but let's be honest, you know how many of those guys are are good enough to play in m l s it's you know less than you can count count them on your your hand and have fingers left over um so yeah, you can come back against them, but against a good team and Montreal kind of put on a clinic um they didn't give themselves a lot of hard work to do. they just sort of sat in, stayed organized, stayed calm um when they got the ball, they, they kept it as long as they could, and uh, Columbus did the same. a uh, very similar thing. Um, Columbus. And Montreal
0: wasn't interested in a third goal. Like, if, if we gave them one, they were happy to take it, but they weren't interested in, right. in really trying to find it. And well, they, they almost they had did. the one at the, uh, like yeah. was the 85th
1: minute with Drogba and and Bill made a ridiculous save. Right. It almost right. but, but it's they,
0: not like they threw numbers forward for
1: it. No, they were just like, oh, if right. you're gonna I mean, just give us the ball, if you're gonna give
0: it to us, yeah, exactly.
2: And and the reason they can get away with that is because of the circumstances of the game. Um, when you're up two nothing after 11 minutes and your team is organized as Montreal is these days, you don't really have to send numbers. You tell you, you know, they're playing without Piotti, They're playing uh, a deep defensive midfielder and then two central midfielders, sort of box to box, sort of not. You tell those guys, hey, don't take any more risks. Don't, you know, um, Patrice Bernier no longer has to run with his 37-year-old legs up and down the field. He can just sort of link between Donadell and the rest of the attack, and and he doesn't have to cover a ton of ground. He doesn't have to do a lot of sprinting. Um, Nigel Rio Coker occasionally joined the breakouts, but it was like, you know, be judicious. Don't just join every single one. Um, and so you would have to attack with two or three guys because why would you bother if you're Montreal at that point? Um, and the thing is, teams know that this is coming now. Um, teams know that they should attack DC United uh, really, really vigorously to start the game because United just keeps giving up goals early. Um, if they can get to halftime of a game with a shutout, uh, I think that would do wonders for their confidence, and it would do an awful lot for them to get on the right track. I, I'm As much as the offense has been a big problem lately, and, and I think it's something like, four goals in their last eight games or something really disappointing. Um as much as that's a huge problem, I think this team this team's identity is built around keeping clean sheets. And they haven't kept clean sheets very much at all in recent months. And I think that's finally drained their confidence. And I think they need to get back to doing what they do best. And then all of a sudden a lot of other things will start to fall in place. They'll start having a little more belief uh, in each other, in themselves, and then the offense starts to look a little sharper. Um, so can they turn it around in time to not just go lose in the first round of the playoffs? Yes, they can, but it really needs to start as soon as possible. You know, They need to get in the halftime against New York without giving up a goal. Um, ideally, they need to get out of that game without giving up a goal. Um, but unfortunately, the downside is they're going to be playing without Steve Birnbaum, without Davey Arnold and they're going to be playing against one of the other two or one of the other three amazing strikers in MLS right now in David Villa. Um, with all due respect to Kai Kumar, he's not on the level of Drogba, via and, and Giovinco. Uh, and, and unfortunately we're getting back-to-back games against two of those three guys. Um, it's a completely different challenge, but you've got to find a way to get a shutout. Uh, and at this point, whatever it takes um, for this team, and I think if they have to be a little too conservative, so be it. I, I'm not sure that that's the way to do it, but if that's how the, if training bears out that the only way this is going to work is if they just bunker in, then get to halftime with a shutout on on, on the board, and then you can start to say, hey, you know, we did, we did the basic job, something that we're familiar with doing. And then from there, you start to build towards the other stuff that you're good at. Donald, do you
0: think that'll be enough? Just a basic Double down on what you're good at, which which makes total sense to me. But I know a lot of people want to see DC United not be as, I guess you could say, negative, as defensive, as reactive, as as they have been it's two years. Just this, which is when it hasn't been working. Um, is that or need does Ben also need to make a more wholesale change? in the selection we all want to see more Michael Farfan, I'm sure Um, Mm -hmm. and against NYC when you have Pirlo dropping deep to pull the strings, having somebody in the midfield more advanced makes makes some sense in my mind anyway do you think that Ben Olsen needs to adopt a different formation different tactics away from getting the team out of slump, whether against NYC or, or anybody else
1: uh well, I think we need to do something. We need a jolt in the arm We need a a shot a shot to the to the gut whatever whatever cliche you want. We need that on friday um don't tase me bro t- Tase him uh, give him give him some <laughs> electricity. Give me something like the i think the the one thing I was thinking about in this game is that the last time we probably played somewhat halfway decent. Was the first half of the game at NYC, which is coincidentally when this this winless streak started. Um,
0: I think that's the last time United led a game, actually, was at Yankee Stadium. Yes. Yes, it I was. I don't think they've had a lead in, since
1: then. No, we have not. Um, and so if we got a book in this little winless streak by, you know, putting it, pouring it on the second half, that's fine. Obviously, we want it. I think we need to get out in front of them early. This is going to be a crowd that's going to be energized at the very start. It's a Friday night. Let these kids – let give the crowd a reason to stick around. Uh, and I feel like uh, with a lot of the promotions going on on Friday night, this is a big chance to sell the club and sell these casual fans, not the diehards. They're always going to be there. But these casual fans on what you are going to be about in the month of October and hopefully November. That's what, it, and that's what that first half is about—to come out and show them what you got. Against uh, you know, there's a lot of people who are going to be there to see David Villa, Pirlo, and Lampard. We got to get that out of the way. There's going to be people, fan, fan, fan boys and girls there that are going to want to see those players. But you want to give them a reason to leave that stadium on Friday night, saying, "Hey, our home team is actually pretty cool too." Um, and whatever that jolt in the arm that that the team needs to do that, we need to see that on Friday night. I don't know what that is, and honestly, it could be starting Travis War at center back i I don't know I don't care <laughs> um if that's because you know a homeboy's going to run, you know he's going to give his all. He's gonna he's gonna be a he's gonna run
0: really hard fifteen minutes and then he's gonna die. He's gonna die, but you know what? He's gonna give you he's gonna die, but he's gonna die a hero. Look, I'll
1: give you I'll give you a little uh, analogy. There's a lot of times in basketball where you start the last guy on the bench. You bring him off. You say your job for the first five minutes is to just harass the best player on the team. That's only that's your only job. Don't worry about the basketball. Don't worry about scoring. Don't just worry about harassing him for the first five minutes. And then you pull him off, Your best, their best player is frustrated, and you got the momentum and you got the juice. Maybe Travis Warren should start, play the first half, and just like go after Pirlo or go after Dabavia and just be be his nemesis for 45 minutes and come <laughs> off to a standing ovation. Maybe that's what we need.
0: <laughs> I know of our paid career podcasters, <laughs> Ben, I thought you were going to ring your. Do you your, uh, have an idea. Don't. No, that. don't give
3: him.
2: <laughs>
0: Jason, Jason, no. sit in the corner. No, sit in the corner. Jason's in timeout.
2: Day. I'm in the free state. I can do what I want. The free state timeout.
3: If you, time t- t- Adam, if you'd taken a shot, maybe we would have listened to you. Oh, no, you
0: wouldn't have. Yeah, you wouldn't have. Let's, Let's not lie bad. to Adam. <laughs> 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 Don't insult my intelligence. <laughs> I was going to ask you a question. Move on. DC United takes on NYCFC to open up the month of October, the merry month of October. Three games left in the regular season. First one is Friday night, October 2nd, at RK Stadium. Uh, that game will be nationally televised on Unimas. Uh, whatever you do, don't click on SAP to bring up the English language stream. You will regret it. Um, it's not even funny anymore. It's just bad. Just learn. Just learn Early some Spanish. Early in the season, it was make it a yeah. learning adventure. Yeah, this is how you learn Spanish. You watch soccer in White Spanish. White bullet.
3: And go sit in the corner. Green rectangle. Donald and I are going to have a. Those are English words. You guys we'll already like know what those are We're things. talking
1: about <laughs> educational opportunities, opportunities outside the classroom. You guys are talking about green, green square rectangles. Don't you guys, I didn't say
3: anything.
1: <laughs> ben did that all along you, his own. I'm loving okay. you in because of convenience. That's all. Okay. All right. I'm trying to point out that Ben is Ben is saying English phrases. They might be
2: nonsense English phrases, but they are English phrases. They will not say that on the Spanish language broadcast. <laughs> Unless they start making fun of their English language counterparts, <laughs> which would be pretty awesome, which <laughs> they actually <laughs> that have would done be before. the best thing. They've
0: yeah, really... done it
1: before. During well, the, they during, always during have, the podcast.
0: they always have the English SAP play by play on guy come on for like 30 seconds to try to tell English to learn, listeners yeah, who don't know learn. how to speak Spanish to come over to the SAP, but. Yeah, I haven't you heard can him tell, make fun of him, which can would be awesome. It's happening.
2: You can tell when it's happening, not just by voices, but by the phrase un abrazo which is said at least two, but maybe as many as four times, um, when they want to <laughs> jump over. Um, I guess Ramsey Sandoval is just big on giving out hugs. I
1: don't know. Hugs for everybody. Yeah.
0: Anyway, Jason Price's <laughs> squad is actually in their form after starting the season, somewhat miserably. Uh, they've won the last four, including a 2-1 to win at Vancouver this weekend. Jason, what's going right for the the team that's owned by Manchester City?
2: Uh, I think they've finally started to find a little bit of an identity for themselves. Um, not just a, play, a playing identity they've pretty much had from the start. They just weren't very good at it. Um, I think they've found their identity as a group of people. Um, as a team trying to accomplish something, not as a soccer team or anything like that. But they seem to have figured out each other. They seem to have figured out um, what their group is best at, um, how they interact with each other. Um, It's been definitely – there's definitely been a lot of upheaval for them. They've got a lot of – they've got a a disparate group of players. They've got MLS journeymen. They've got millionaire-designated players who've won the World Cup. Uh they have millionaire designated players who are Frank Lampard, um, which yes is a roundabout way to take a shot at him, but screw him. Um they've got a a couple teenagers playing in defense. Um so it's a real mix of guys um that are it's really hard to get that group to fit together. And I think they're finally they're finally starting to figure it out. And they're also it does help that Andrea Pirlo and, and Lampard are starting to fit into the team a little more. To the point that Lampard is finally justifying his starting uh, position over Kwadwo Poku, who up until recently was not an MLS player. Um, that took a while. It took longer than it should have, but it is starting to happen. His goal against um, the White Caps was a really nice goal, and it's the second. I think it's the second week in a row that he has a, a first half goal for them uh, from a similar sort of knowing when to make the run rather than being fast or or strong or anything, just knowing when to be there. Um, so that certainly helps, but I think the main thing for them is that this this team has started to come together and they're starting to figure out how to really to hide their defense because they still don't have good defenders. They don't have a goalkeeper that, I mean, there's a reason Josh Saunders who has made a ton of saves and, and has drawn a lot of praise for, he's being shelled all season long um, and for not, just letting in goals left and right, um, but there's a reason why this team is made up of second-hand defenders for the most part, um, either second-hand for MLS or second-hand for Man City in the case of uh, Angelino. But they finally started to figure out how they cannot be so exposed in the back, and I think those two things really have dovetailed pretty nicely to them finally, you know, finding their form a few weeks too late. Uh, they're I don't know if they're mathematic, they're not mathematically eliminated, but they might as well be. It's, it's pretty much a pipe dream for them um, to get in, but they're certainly not going to give up. This is a Jason Christ coach team. and if there's one thing that you know about Jason Christ is that he's going to cling furiously to any hope that he has, um, just because his, you know his reputation with RSL was for good soccer and for you know possession and positivity. Jason Kreiss as a player was a basically just a ball of, of anger. Um and that comes into his players certainly. They don't they don't quit, they don't back down. Um and New York City is going to keep playing until they're actually eliminated. Uh in fact they're probably gonna keep playing after that because they're some of those guys probably still have to play for their jobs. Um but United shouldn't expect a oh well they're you know, they're out of the playoff race, they're they're beaten, whatever. Um this team is on a winning streak for a reason, and uh it's going to be a test. It's not like the game that United's probably going to get get a win if they don't change their form would be against Chicago, who are even more beaten down than anyone else in the league. Uh, somehow more beaten down than Colorado, which I feel like if you're in Colorado you should already have given up. But um, not just in the state, but I mean playing for the Rapids specifically. Um, but uh, New York City is is not going to be an easy game at all the way they're playing right now.
0: Yeah, NYC still mathematically has a chance, like you said. They've got three games left. D.C. United uh, in D.C., Orlando in Orlando, and against New England in the Bronx. Um, Not an easy road, but if they win all three and D.C. United keeps on the form they're on, NYC could somehow get into the playoffs. And I think that is... I don't know that Jason Christ will be uh, harping on that at all, but the guy... Is a decent enough motivator at this level that he and he's got veterans on the team who are professionals and were are going to go out there and play whether there's really something on the line or not. So, like you said, DC United has to has to treat this like a real game because right now I'm not I mean, sure they need to be excited about playing anyone. Um, if
2: the Rapids and Fire sent out their worst eleven players and combined into a team. Uh, of of infinite sadness. DC United still need to take that game extremely seriously and try and beat that team because when you have a 1 in 6 at this stage of the season, any win is a good win.
0: Um so Yeah, I like how you went with a team of bad MLS players and I went with a team of lawyer uh players.
2: I we've established on this podcast that I I do not know much about the law. Um I might joke <laughs> I might joke about knowing but you about know the a law. little bit Enough I know, that you want me to
0: search my. <laughs> right, and, and right, I. Also, Jay, Jay, go back, get on the road. <laughs> I know enough to not bring up specific
2: lawyers or anything like that, um, but I do know some things about soccer. I know the worst eleven of the Rapids and Fire would be kind of amusing. So I'm trying to I'm trying to brighten
0: things up a little. In your head, Mark right Mark, now, you're Mark trying Mark to figure Burks, out Mark who Burks those back. who those eleven already, are. Yeah, Mark not even in your head. You're doing it out loud. <laughs> Mark Birch.
3: How does Mark Burke still play professional soccer? I, uh,
0: nobody's I mean, quite sure. I mean, the answer is voice. is Pablo Mastroeni, but yes. beyond that, nobody's quite sure. All right, uh, Jason, how is yes. how is Thomas McNamara not? How is his name not come up yet? You're immediately trying to make things sad again.
1: <laughs> I, I am <laughs>
0: reason, because I am reason. in a sad mood. I'm so sad. There's
2: a, there's a concrete reason for that, and it's because in the past couple of weeks, he's not even been in the 18. Uh, he's not injured. Um, Ned Grabovoy came back uh, to fitness, and between him and Lampard and Pirlo, all of a sudden the spots in the midfield start to dry up pretty quickly. Um, Grabavoy is, is justifying. There was a while where he wasn't really playing very well, and he was sort of Playing games because he's he was one of Jason Christ's favorites at RSL, but lately he's been earning his his spot in the starting lineup. Um, not against Vancouver, but whoever they played the week before, he scored twice and had an assist in a. They, he was involved in every goal they scored, um, so that's a good way to get yourself into games. Um, I don't really understand um, the thought process behind leaving a like. Matt, uh, my feelings for McNamara aside, like there is legitimate reason. Like if you had no feelings towards any of this at all, you would say, "Well, this guy made a big difference for them. He came in immediately, sparked some things. He he, there was a stretch of time he was the only player who appeared to understand what David Villa was up to at all for New York before um,
0: Poku finally figured things out. McNamara was the single best thing NYC had yeah, going for them,
2: including um, David Villa. And they've they've just, uh, I mean you. If you're not going to start him, he's got. He's certainly earned his spot in there. 18. I don't. He hasn't been in there, so I wouldn't expect him this weekend, which is a let off for United.
3: Um, can they just can they just give him back to us?
0: What I'm wondering is, can that we would be awesome. start? You know, I think if any player in MLS would actually appreciate and be flattered by a kidnapping operation, it would be Thomas McNamara. <laughs> If we were to like throw a bag over his head and throw him in the back of the van, I think somewhere in his mind he'd be thinking this is hilarious and awesome. Well, once he saw the whole, this thing, is the guy like that showed up Andy in thing. a right, turkey costume funny. last Thanksgiving for NYCFC's video. Right. He showed up in a turkey costume. The well, guy gets comedy, would, and
2: he would have to see the entire thing unfold and be like, "Oh, so the team that had me briefly on paper only and then lost me against their will and then desperately needs creativity and goals kidnapped me in a." you know, an old school style fashion old school, the movie, not old school, the, the conceptual thing. Um, they pulled up in a van playing Metallica and just tossed him in there. Um, and I guess would apologize to his girlfriend for stealing out of the grocery cart. Uh, like the old lady in old school. Um, yeah, I, I think at the end of it, he would be like, no, that was really good. But in the moment, you know, it's still, it's a kidnapping. You're probably not going to be too happy about it. Um, even if, my, even if my friends pulled up in a van and threw me in there with a burlap sack or what have you, I'd, I'd have, even if I figured out it was them, I'd be like, this still sucks. You guys threw me into a van and sped off. There's, there's no seats in the back. You're, you're speeding around. I'm flying all over the place. This sucks. Later, I'd be like, it was funny. But at the time, in the moment, maybe not.
0: I mean, if it's us pulling it off, we don't have a van, so it'd probably be my, my Subaru. We can get a van. <laughs>
2: Get oh.
0: a van. Don't oh, get me wrong. I'm not doing it right. Trust me,
3: I can get a van.
0: You got to get a zip know.
1: van.
3: That's true. No, no I, can, I can. I can get a creepy Virginia van. Don't you worry.
2: Yeah, we definitely need a, a an, like a full like a pre minivan era van.
0: Um, <laughs> a conversion van. Yeah. Econoline. Yeah. Are we talking wood paneling here? Uh, I was yes, yes, thinking more of just.
2: The windowless sides, and there's just a door on the back, which a uh, um a door that splits open, you toss someone in, shut it again. There's no sliding door on the side either. Okay, so a cargo
0: van, a conversion van, a cargo van.
2: Well, uh, I mean, a cargo van, uh, but not one of those Sprinters or those little thin ones that you see nowadays, the more modern van. I'm talking about an older one. Right, it's sort right, of, yeah. big and bulky, and, and
0: oh, yeah, mean, about- they
2: that out for a reason
0: because they're only good for kidnapping. <laughs> <laughs> that build on a pickup truck chassis (laughs) that was completely unnecessary. (laughs) All right, question (laughs) about the actual soccer, I guess. What does United have to do to actually not lose this game? Not even to beat NYC, just to not lose this game. What what things do they absolutely have to do?
2: Uh, I think they need to make New York play the full width of the field. Um, New York is sort of the anti-Columbus. They want to get close to each other to to connect passes. Um, They don't want it to be a stretched out game. There's not a lot of speed there, which is actually nice because United also doesn't have much speed. Um, So you want to stretch them out. Um, You want to make guys like Pirlo and Lampard have to do a lot of extra running around defensively because they're just not built for that. Um, In general, they have to really protect, the channels um, in the back four. That's what David Villa does. It's it's very different from drug, but as we mentioned before, um, he's not going to be, you know, he's not going to come in and have a 90 minute fight with Kofi pare or Bobby Boswell. Uh, Villa would probably be much happier if he never made contact with anyone because then he would be on his feet, running the channels, getting away from people and scoring lots of goals. Um, so making, making it so that he's not free and, and uh, running through big spaces would be nice. Um, getting in Pirlo's face since now he's starting to actually uh, really in the halftime, the halftime segment of our last meeting with them is where he started to piece it together in MLS, where he went from handing United a goal to getting a, you know, creating a goal for New York. And since then he's been really good. Um, Someone has to be in his face uh, whenever he's on the ball, whenever United is defending, someone has to do that. And it's probably, unless they play Farfan up high or if they bring back the, um, the 4132 slash 4141 that we saw in Vancouver. Um, unless they bring that back, it's got to be a forward tracking back and harassing Pirlo. Um, whether that's Rolf or Spindola, it doesn't really matter. As long as someone's doing that, um, because if you let Pirlo have his time on the ball, as anyone that's ever seen Italy or Juventus or any of the other teams he played for before that, uh, both Milan sides, you've seen Pirlo play. If you give him time on the ball, he's going to put it where he wants, and you're going to end up having conceded a goal. Um, You can't give up many set pieces against New York because of Pirlo. Um, It's not because they have a lot of size or a lot of um, dangerous targets. It's just the delivery is so good that it doesn't matter. Um, So there's a lot to do there. um, But at the same time, we are talking about a team that's playing journeyman defenders. Um, Josh Saunders... Has made a lot of saves this year, but it's because he's just faced so many shots that it just mathematically, of course, he's made more saves. Um, I would also bring up uh, Miguel Aguilar as an option on the wing because Chris Wingert was suspended in Vancouver, but he he should be back. He had been starting before that. Um, I don't think he'd be very comfortable dealing with um, Aguilar one on one if we could if United could free him up and get that matchup going a little bit. Uh, I think that would be very beneficial. Um, and I don't think it's something New York would really expect because Aguilar doesn't start. Sometimes he doesn't even make the 18, Um, and I think it would be sort of a a good way to expose a weakness of theirs where Wingert is maybe their slowest defender. He's playing left back on top of that. Um, I think that's a good good look for United, Um, but the main thing is they've got to deny New York City. Uh, Defensively, they have to be solid because, I don't think that's a team that's going to hold up in a 0-0 game. I don't think they, they're really comfortable playing that way. I don't think – I, I think they're going to sort of lose their way a little bit. If it's at, if it's halftime and it's 0-0 or 1-0 United, that's not a team that's built to come back. I know they did come back against us, but um, I don't think that's a very common occurrence for them. I don't think it's in their nature. Um, they don't really have a let's-change-our-game-plan sort of move. It's just sort of more of the same, Um their biggest thing is to bring in Patrick Mullins and move via into a left wing role that's really all they've got they don't ha- and that doesn't change their the way they play it's just moving some guys around um so they're not really a team with a plan b that that has shown any real effectiveness um, but yeah you know Donald talked about using Travis Wara to um harass Andrea Pirlo someone's got to do that job um it probably shouldn't be Travis Wara because he's not a field <laughs> player um but if Pirlo is comfortable, United is probably going to have some big problems. They're probably going to have to put a bunch of goals on the board to to get some points. Um, you've got to shut him down. You've got to make Jacobson do some some of the building out of the of the midfield. You've got to make them make their defenders play long because you know David Villa, it's David Villa up there. He's five seven and fast. He's not going to win headers. Um, so if their defenders are playing long that's that's a good sign for United. You know, if they're not able to find Pirlo, if you can just cut him out of the game, that's that's great. Um, and I, I will say that one other thing with them is they caught Vancouver off guard a little bit by playing a higher line than they normally play. Um, because they're staying so compact, when they play a high line, basically you can't play through them at all. You've got to find a way around them, which is tough because then you're playing over distance or having to switch the field and longer passes are, by definition, harder to complete. So... I think New York's uh, newfound confidence as a group is is I think crisis having them take their next step as a team, which is okay. Now we can keep the ball and stay organized. Let's move a, further up the field. Uh, United needs to make that make them not be so stable with that. Vancouver really didn't do a very good job of disrupting that, and I think United has to do better. And they need to move the ball quickly. And they when there's somebody open, they've got to hit those passes. Um, if they've got to switch the point of attack, they've got to do it. It's got to happen. Um, or else New York is going to be comfortable in uh, in the way that they set themselves up.
0: Ben, how's that van coming along? Kidnapping is great. <laughs> Donald, any any closing thoughts before we sign off? Uh,
1: no. Like like Jason said, spread the ball out because you know we play in a big boy field and they don't. <laughs> um. Which any thoughts learned? on kidnapping? Uh. You know, you gotta you gotta do it like uh like super troopers when they jump when they jump in, you put the wig on, you say, You like Mexico and you drive away. It you may, they may wake up in D C and they'll be whoever you know, when you when you kidnap somebody and tell them you're going to Mexico and you end up in DC, they're pleasantly surprised. So <laughs>
0: it's, also, it's all about managing expectations.
1: If you're going exactly. to do
2: it that way you have to do three shots before you start screaming at them.
1: Uh at least three.
2: Yes. And jump in the air when you're done.
0: Jump in the air. (laughs) And and somehow it all comes back to shots. Thank you all for listening (laughs) to this mess this week. (laughs) Thank you, Donald. Find us at blackandredunited.com. We're on Twitter, at blackandredu for the website, at filibusterdcu for the podcast. Send your email questions to filibusterpodcast at gmail.com. As always, we also accept love letters, hate mail, in advertising inquiries, find us on iTunes, find us on Stitcher. We are on SoundCloud. Mostly when you're at RFK on Friday, tell a friend, tell a guest, tell your mom about this podcast. Tell Kevin Spacey. Tell Kevin Spacey about this podcast. Yeah, that would be awesome.
2: Kevin Spacey down, find him,
0: and tell him. Well, we know where he was last night, sort of. (laughs) <laughs> I'm right, partying so, with DC United players last night. Go
2: stalk this famous man and tell him about our <laughs> podcast. Don't do anything else. We don't endorse anything else more than that.
0: Basically, tonight is all about stalking and kidnapping because right. we're in a very dark place as <laughs> DC United fans right now. <laughs> For Jason, Ben, and Donald, I am Adam. We will talk to you real soon. Say Goodbye, Jason.
2: Goodbye, Jason.